Blog Talk Radio. Hello and good evening to all of my professional powerhouses out there. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Mostly Business with CleanSweetCoach.com. I want to, of course, thank you so much for joining us and invite you to call in if you have any questions. You can uh, call in and talk with us at 713-955-0365. And, of course, you can join the conversation online at Facebook slash Queen Sweet Coach. So that's Facebook.com slash Queen Sweet Coach. So tonight we are here to talk a little bit about the things that we have to balance in business. And and one of those things tends to be work versus enjoyment. And sometimes we are looking at an instance where we are balancing guilt or, or sometimes even shame versus inspiration, the reason why we started our business in the first place. And tonight I am joined by a very special co-host, my, my good friend, Michelle Allen of A-Sharp Photo. Michelle, are you with us? Hi, Daniel. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much. If you would please tell our audience a little bit about yourself. Sure. So uh, I am a photographer. Um, I've been doing it for about five years now, and I, I do a little bit of everything. You know, I do some retouching, I do photo restoration, even um, I dabble in graphic design. Um, probably my main thrust, if I had to pick, you know, the things that I'm, I'm most uh, inspired by is working with plus-size women, um, curvy women, and I also like to kind of create work that has um, an artistic feel. Like, like my goal would be to create an image and you should, I would want you to ask, well, is that a picture? Is it a painting? What is it? Because I feel like if it inspires you and you don't know what it is but you just like it, I think that's much more important. Absolutely. Now, I remember you telling me that you were always the guy with the camera. So what inspired you to begin a photography-based business? So, yeah, you know, like I told you, I was just even from high school, like I, and I, it amazes me that I didn't know that it was a, a thing, as it were. Like I didn't know that you could go to college and major in photography. I just liked it, so I always had a camera. So um, probably the last job I had, I used to work with um, foster kids, my wife and I, and we had an assistant who was a photographer, you know, and I was like, oh, really? And we would talk about it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I was just – I think I was more interested in the the technical aspects of it than I'd realized. And, you know, she gave me a lot of her her old textbooks. You know, I read through them. And and actually she, I guess, and sometimes I've heard of this, artists go through things where they don't want to do their art anymore for any number of reasons. And she felt that. And she knew that I love photography enough. And she actually gave me all of her gear, which was like, whoa. So that was kind of like my jumping off point, you know. So I, I I started there and I didn't turn back. That's amazing. See, the funny thing is, you, it's 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 one of those things where I think a lot of business owners probably 
overlook the fact that they they too are creative to a certain extent. Some people have have a, a bigger creative bone than others maybe do, but it's one of those things where you're inspired to do something. You're inspired to create this business and to offer a product or a service to the the public or to whoever your audience is, and. As a business owner, you will also, of course, quickly learn that there's a lot more to running a successful business than just the creative part of it. So, and then I would say, I don't know. like, not just well, it's not just that they're creative, like necessarily, but they're passionate about something, and you can be passionate mm-hmm. about something that's not necessarily an art. Like, my wife is phenomenal at organizing and putting things together. That's what she loves to do. Now, you could say, well, that's not creative, but she's great at it. So because she's great at it, she can take it somewhere, and it's a service that she could offer somebody because she'd be delighted to do it. One hundred percent, and you know what? And I have to also make the the correlation here for our business professionals out there who perhaps don't own businesses. But I, I, I for example, was the person in in the office when I worked in corporate America. I was always the person who was good at Excel spreadsheets. And I still use them to this day. I love an Excel spreadsheet. It helps me to organize. <laughs> so your wife can probably <laughs> attest to this. And right. it's a great way to compile data and, and you know, keep it neat and orderly and be able to search it. But what happens is people find out that you're good at it, and then all of a sudden they're asking you to do this thing that you maybe are doing more so for the functionality of it or for what you have to gain from it, but not for people as a whole. So then it becomes this thing that that you don't enjoy doing anymore or there are aspects of it that you no longer enjoy doing. Um, I'll I'll just throw this out there, pivot table. If anybody knows Excel, if you've ever done a pivot table, then that's the thing that you never want to do. (laughs) (laughs) All of a sudden it's not fun. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Tell me, in your business, what is maybe the one thing that you just want to run and hide from? I'm not thrilled about um, working with children, you know, as a photographer. Um, I I think (laughs) probably, yeah, I I think um, maybe, maybe seven and eight years up, old and up, you know, that works, but... And and you know as a photo- for for many photographers that's their bread and butter family photography, and sure. trying to photograph a three year old is I mean if they're not into it, oh that's rough. <laughs> that's Absolutely, rough. I can only imagine because I've had you know even just taking a photograph with a toddler is is difficult enough you know trying yeah. not to get your earring pulled out or <laughs> your glasses right. knocked off of your face. Uh, there are challenges. You know what? I, I'm glad. Yeah. I was. I'm glad to say, Michelle, that I I don't um I don't have to worry too much about working with children in my coaching business. Um, right. Maybe teenagers. <laughs> teenagers. That's a little bit different, and that's another thing too. Yeah, teenagers are kind of um they're pretty tough. I mean, I, I have a good friend, and she um she is actually the coach at the Empowered Team, and she works specifically with teenagers. So whenever I get those those asks or those requests, well, I refer them right to her. <laughs> that's okay. her passion. So how do you respond 
to people who think that you can't make money doing what you enjoy? Well, uh, honestly, and, and I, there's there's um, a little bit of ways I have to go to get there. But I mean, like matter of fact, just this past weekend, I was in a I was a part of a, a pop up gallery event, and there was art all over the place, and it was for sale, and some sold. You know, so it's like it exists. It's something that's real. You just have to do. There's a massive amount of work that it takes to get into the space to create, you know, um, that world where people are purchasing your work or find those worlds where people will purchase your work. And once you get into that space, you're fine. So I think the work is not so much creating the work that people will buy, even though that's a part, but the part is finding the space where people are that where they'll buy your work, you know. Definitely. See, I think for for me in in this, you know in a coaching or a, a service capacity, I think that the enjoyment really comes from helping people and being able to to bring them a a solution that is in essence invaluable. You can't always attach a monetary value to giving someone peace of mind or or giving them the encouragement or empowerment or confidence to do something that they didn't think that they could do before. So to try to always attach a you know a dollar figure with that can sometimes feel a little um, off-putting because it sometimes conflicts with your your personal desire to be able to bring that person that that solution or that confidence or whatever that benefit is. And right. I think a lot of businesses, a lot of other business owners also struggle with that. It is trying to find the happy medium between really enjoying what it is that they do and continuing to enjoy it but also making money doing it, right? Because we have to keep the lights on. <laughs> Very true. And I, I think, well, for me, and I always say, um, you actually don't pay me to do photography. You can't. It's I love it. I enjoy it. So there's no amount of money that you could give me to do it. One, because I would do it for free. You know, What you pay me for is because I had to leave the house. <laughs> so you, right. you pay me for gas. You pay me for my expertise. You know, you pay me for the skills and the time that I give you, you know, but as far as actual photography, oh, I love that. I'm doing that for free. You're paying me for all the other stuff, you know. Absolutely. You know what, That that's a great point is knowing your value. I mean, sure, we can sit here all day and talk about the, the mushy-gushy passion and inspiration part of it, but you do have to also be compensated for your time. Like you said, you, you're getting paid for, for leaving the house or picking up the phone, in my case. <laughs> so right. there is, um, you know, I'm sure you have a ton of equipment. You have experience. You have an outstanding website. <laughs> and there are so many other things that come with your having established a portfolio as an artist and as a photographer that um, that people need to understand is something that is of value. If it's not of value to, to one person, it could be absolutely a treasure to the next person. I think also you pay professionals. Because, uh, I mean, even on a uh, – I guess if in a perfect situation – a rank amateur 
may possibly get lucky and get the job done. But when everything goes wrong and everything goes left, that's when you need a professional. So when you have a professional on site and there are huge problems, a professional can still get the job done. Mm-hmm. Now, Michelle, let's dig into something here while we're on this topic of, of pay, you know, value and, and, you know, getting paid for your work. Now, there are always those. Tell me how many times in a week do you see your other uh, business owner friends or other photographer friends post something on Facebook or whatever your social media preference is. Yeah. They post something with regards to someone asking them for their expertise or for their skills, and they want those services for free. It, it you know does. what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes, it, it, it happens often, and I think a lot of it is, I think people don't understand or respect, you know, the amount of work that you put in, or if it's a type of thing, like it happens, for instance, like not even, you know, out of creative stuff, like lawyers. It happens to attorneys often because an attorney, their their information and their work is in their head. So I can just ask you, and you can tell me. Now, people don't seem to understand or appreciate the fact that it took 10 years for that information to be able to be available in that in that person's head you know and uh it's it's tricky and i think with photography i've always said it's it's hard because um cameras are ubiquitous so everyone has a camera so for you to say i am a photographer someone says i'm honestly there are cell phone cameras that have more megapixels than the camera that I have right now. So so in some ways, your iPhone camera may be better, quote-unquote, than the camera that I have. So mm-hmm. it's hard for people to understand that, that, that I can actually produce something that you can't because they're like, I have a camera, I have pictures, I take pictures. You know, so it's, right. it's finding a way to make people understand um, the value of your work and that you can do something that they can't, you know, depending on the situation. Absolutely. That's that's a great point because here what people fail to realize is that, yes, your your camera, when you're comparing, let's say, megapixel to megapixel, (laughs) if the person has a camera that that seems to be more powerful than what you have, then their their perceived or their, their perception or their judgment is that, it is somehow is better if they were to do it themselves. However, they don't have the same knowledge, let's say, as you would to know what angles to, to look at and the lighting. My big right. thing is why do you take great, you know, great pictures? How can you take great pictures on a cell phone if you don't even understand where you're supposed to position yourself to have good lighting? Right, right. <laughs> That's my amateur photography note to everyone. Have good lighting. <laughs> but that aside, um, I think a lot of service-driven businesses come across that same problem. Like you said, the attorney is a great example. Um, and, and I think for me as a, as a coach, as a career coach, there is that same misconception because people don't know or understand what's in my head or, or what I had to actually go forward and do as part of my certification to be a certified coach. Um, some people even will associate, um, I would say, a perceived value that is less because 
other coaches will refer to themselves as, as life coaches. Um, they just figure, oh, you're a life coach. You, you know, you're living. You, you've been through some things. Your experience is what I'm going to um, to put, you know place a value on, and that will differ from one person to the next. Right. So it's really hard to find that balance. Well, people so, don't understand. You know, yeah. Right, right. For people to understand. Now, what would you say, as a business owner, is the the task or or the duty, <laughs> the responsibility that you have that you feel keeps you feeling stuck at times in, in your in your business? It's the part away from your enjoyment or inspiration. Well, okay, and I, and I think I I think I. I'm getting close to identifying what my biggest problem is, which, you know, that's great because then I can work on solving it. But um, I believe it's finding the people that want to buy me, quote, unquote. So instead of trying to sell me to everyone, you know, sell myself to the people that are specifically looking for me. So I have to figure out, I have to learn how to locate those people that I have not figured out yet. Okay. You know, that's a, that's also very interesting because I think a lot of people in all different walks of life feel like they're not in sales. It's easy to tell yourself you're not in sales. And um, when you're creative, especially, you're in your mind, you're definitely not in sales because you are a creator. You, you make things, create things. But to sell sounds so cold and clinical, and it sounds so far away from what people um, enjoy doing or see themselves doing that they absolutely shut down when it gets to that part. <laughs> does that sound? Does that sound like anybody you know? It doesn't have to be you. Do you know someone like that? Yeah. Okay, so that's okay. I'm not pointing fingers, Michelle. I'm not saying it's you. <laughs> right. But for sure, I, I know a lot of people in in every aspect of business, whether it's professionally or um, or even in the business side, who really feel uncomfortable with the sales portion of it. So what do you think is the part that you have the most difficulty conveying to people when you're trying to sell yourself? Well, I think I think my pro- my biggest problem so far has been um, getting into the room. I don't believe I've even gotten into the room, you know, metaphorically speaking, in terms of being, you know, having to sell something. So it's not even like, hey, I can't convince you to buy. Like I haven't even figured out where you are to offer, you know, the buy. You know, so that's that's something I'm like I said I'm I'm working on. Like I like I was like with the art you know gallery show I was a part of. That was great. Because that was it was the perfect venue for the product that I had. So in terms of me doing something, those are the types of things that I need to do. What's the venue where people want what I do, and then I just go there. Now is somebody going to buy from me every single time? Maybe, maybe not. But I have a higher you know chance of someone doing it there than if I go somewhere where people are not interested in what I have at all. Sure. It's one of those things where it's kind of tough trying to figure out um, which room you're supposed to be in. <laughs> right, so exactly. How, how do you figure that out? How do you figure out which room to be in so that you're you're really talking to the right audience and then it doesn't feel like a, a cell, you're just having a conversation. 
Okay. Well, um, like I know, I think I know what I want. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I want to be in in a space because you know photographers tend to you know go back and forth between dealing with um, clients slash consumers and models and professionals in the industry that specifically need their services. You know, I want to work more with clients slash consumers, you know, than um, professionals. And and I think probably I have to find the balance between doing the bread and butter stuff that keeps the doors open and then making room to do the personal things, the personal projects that bring me joy. And after you do enough personal projects, you create that audience, and then those personal projects, those things that bring you joy, end up being bread and butter. You know, that that's my assumption. Sure. Now what about how do you find opportunities to bridge the gap between the the bread and butter part and the things that you enjoy when you're you're in the room, when you are amongst potential clients. Okay. All right. So well there there's I guess there's two ends to work from it. So if I'm doing the personal project type of thing that I like that just gives me joy. Like one thing I do, I do some work with metallic paint. So paint people with metallic paint take pictures I love the way they look. Um, as a business owner, the intelligent thing for me to do would be to market to them as just a photographer because the woman that I just painted, she has a family possibly. She has children possibly. She may need family photos, you know, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So then I turn that personal project thing into an opportunity to have some bread and butter, you know. And then if I do the bread and butter type stuff. You know, if I do stuff with parents and children and just kind of, or maybe um, actor headshot type things, then I can also reach out to them if they have a look that I want or I see something and say, hey, can we do something conceptual? So then I've also turned that bread and butter thing into a personal joy type product. Sure. It's the difference between feeding your family or feeding your soul. <laughs> I think you can do that sometimes. I I absolutely think you can. It's about finding the balance, like you said, and and really finding those opportunities or creating more of those opportunities to um, go from doing the things that that you maybe enjoy a little less, but you can make make a few a few coins on, versus mm-hmm. doing the things that you really really can sink your teeth into. Um, you know, like me for example, I get I get a lot of requests. To um, review resumes, which is fine. I'm happy to help a person who is uh, transitioning in their career or exploring other opportunities. Go over their resume, help them get get on track for their interviews, and get back into the groove. You know, when you're looking to make that change. But it's not always the, the most exciting or the most fun. I really more so enjoy <laughs> getting into the nitty-gritty stuff, you know, like, hey, let's, let's talk about empowering your staff or let's train, let's train your team or your leadership team to, to do something that is so far outside of what they're accustomed to doing. Or, hey, let's just get them to get along. <laughs> That stuff is right. fun to me. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's, definitely, it's definitely a matter of finding that balance. Well, you know what? Believe it or not, we are actually going to be running out of time here soon. But I want to ask you, Michelle, if you could give 
uh, anyone out there who's listening some some advice as far as how they can enjoy what they're doing more and, and maybe not focus as much on the money? How What would you tell them? Okay. So, I mean, and especially if you have a successful business. Like, I think there's nothing sadder than someone who is actually doing well in something creative and but they've turned some type of corner and they make money but they don't like what they do. So I think probably the most effective thing is to do personal projects. So I know one thing and that you know, time and life get in the way. But um this year, you know, I was trying to do what I call the Project fifty two, um, where I would basically explore a topic or a subject for a week and then create work during that week. So and it it could be anything. Like I would pick things like um, like the uh, focal length, you know, the camera lens is a certain lens. So I'd shoot only things at 50 millimeters or 85 millimeters, or I'd focus on color, you know, or I even <laughs> did, you know, Marvel or DC, you know, and try to create work based on those topics. So that gives me something to do that I enjoy and I get to kind of research and create, you know, and also if there's just something specific that you haven't tried you know, something that you thought, hey, that looks neat, that looks fun, just do it. In the midst of all the work you have to do, you know, do something that could be fun for you that might, you never know, you may learn something that you could translate into the everyday thing that you do to make things more interesting and to separate you from the pack. That's a great idea. I love that. The Project 52 idea where, where you're committing to just a, a personal or a passion project once a week or, or at least one per week for, or, or for the year, basically, 52 weeks, that's something right. that is a great way to, like, like we said, to basically feed, feed your soul while you are in the midst of feeding your family. I think it's something that is easy enough for people to implement in many cases. Um, for a lot of people, that's even the, the smallest thing that they can do. I ask, I ask my clients often, what is the smallest thing that you can do to bring you closer to blank, bring you closer to fulfillment, purpose, happiness, whatever that thing is in, in the blank space for you, what is the smallest thing that you can do to get closer to that? So a Project 52 might not be a bad idea. That might be a great way to really kind of feel like you're still plugged into the thing or the activity that, that you're passionate about that speaks to you. Right. So with that being said, I would like to also share something with everyone that you said, which was don't question the medium. Just enjoy and appreciate the art. And I thought that that was so profound and, and really it spoke to me because it's a matter of understanding that you're always where you're supposed to be in your business or in your career. Even if you don't feel like it's where you would like to be, it's where you're supposed to be and you're there for a reason. So just take what you can from that moment and from that experience. And, and when you get to the, the next destination, it'll, it'll probably make a lot more sense why you were there. True. So, Michelle, how can, how can people reach you? How can we find you online? Okay. Well, um, my website, of course, um, a sharp 
dot biz. Um, I'm also on Twitter and Instagram, and you can find me under uh, a sharp photo. You know, I um, and I, I do a lot in terms of Twitter and Instagram. I just I just like to be active. Um, you know, it's a fun place to be. Um, and you know, I have all my contact information there on my website. And like I say, I do lots of lots of different things. So if you you know if you have some some concepts or something interesting or something strange, you know, reach out to me. I'd love to work with you. Okay, I like that. You hear that, everyone? If you have something strange, Michelle <laughs> Allen is your guy <laughs> at HR right. Photo. Contact him, <laughs> and he will definitely photograph it for you. Um, Michelle, I want to thank you so very much for being my co-host tonight, and I, I really appreciate the conversation, so I'm very, very grateful to you for that. Thank you. Um, I'm thankful to our listeners you uh, absolutely I will definitely be having you back again we must of course thank our audience uh, we of course wish you the very much success however you define it or design it and I wish all of my listeners more power to you if you're looking for queensweetcoach.com, just remember you can subscribe to upcoming episodes of Mostly Business with Queensweet Coach on blogtalkradio.com slash mostlybusiness. And you can connect with me by subscribing to my email list and blog updates. You get a free gift. You can find me on, uh, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn. And that's it for us tonight. Thank you so much, everybody, and have a great evening. <laughs>